Welcome to Trending in Education. This is Mike Palmer. I'm joined today by Principal Pitts of the Newark School of Fashion and Design and Giselle Morell, the Head of Customer Engagement at N-Ventures, which is part of the new school. We're going to be talking about some really innovative work that's happening in K-12 involving fashion and design. I'm excited to get into all of that, but before we do any of that, I want to welcome Sakina and Giselle to the show. Welcome to Trending in Education. Thank you, Mike. Come on. Thank you. It's fantastic to have you. I have had folks from N Ventures and the New School on before. They're doing really great stuff, which has been amazing to have on. And this might be my first time talking to someone who's working in Newark and is part of this new initiative, which is what Principal Sakina Pitts has been up to. We always start by hearing folks' origin stories. I'd love to hear a little more from you to start, Sakina. How did you get to this point in your professional life? First, I want to say thank you for having me, Mike, on the podcast title is fitting, right? Because who would think that fashion is trending very much in education, right? So I'm really happy to be here. A little bit about me. I grew up in North New Jersey and always had a love for fashion. I remember my mom having me in Macy's, which was Bamberger's many years ago, right? Yeah, so I'm probably yeah. booting myself. And I was just sharing with someone recently, like when I was younger, there was a street called Halsey Street that had a store for shoes called Walker. And my mother would put me in these two-tone bucks. You remember they were white in the front with, and they yeah. laced up. They were like Oxford and they had like black or brown in the middle, right? Yeah. They called them like Buster Brown. They're like doll shoes almost. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And initially I think that, and I really did not like wearing bucks. And guess what? I want a pair now. I saw Queen Latifah recently styled by Tom Brown in two-tone bucks. Definitely brought me back to my childhood and it resonated with me. And it's just, it's awesome to, to be able to live to see fashion repeat itself. And I can't help but say Tom Brown or Buster Brown in response <laughs> to that. Absolutely. So I had this love for fashion. It was definitely molded by my love and passion for hip-hop. So I would mm. be remiss if I didn't speak a little bit about that. One of my first jobs as I was in high school was working at Dr. G's. It was a sneaker store in the heart of downtown North. Mm. And so I became a stylist like by default. You had hip-hop artists like Trek from Naughty by Nature, Red Man, Do It All from L Lords of the Underground. And they frequented all of the sneaker stores downtown, especially Dr. G's, right? Downtown in Brick City, I believe. That's right. Brick City. <laughs> so learning how to lace a sneaker properly, because there is a proper way to lace a sneaker. And just styling, what fitted can't. It was a lot of streetwear back then. And so the... Workers at Dr. J's who were the most successful, I would say, are the ones who knew a little bit about streetwear, knew how to pair up, how to style. So it was something that kind of came naturally for me. Yeah. And then it was enhanced by my trips into the East Village and into New York and definitely going to like Fat Farm and some of these stores and boutiques. And so for as far as I can remember, Mike, pretty much fashion has been a part of my life. It's yeah. something that I'm passionate about and pretty much well-versed in. I can walk into a store and see a suit and 
determine if the dye line is off. And that's like your color where, you know, my average friend is not thinking about, oh, those two greens don't really quite mesh. And so through the years, I never knew that my career would lend itself to being a fashion educator. So I became a licensed funeral director coming out of college. And then I went into education. And ironically, the chief of staff of the North Board of Education attended my high school. And so we know stories of each other's love for fashion and not at the same time, but each go into the village and things like that. And so when this opportunity came, it was really a conversation. I was an elementary school principal. I knew really nothing much about high school. I knew the role of the principalship, but not so much high school credits and how high school students eat, think they're very vocal, they're very advocates, right? And all of this stuff. So I was like, no, I think I'm going to stay at the elementary level. And he's, listen, everyone we've interviewed, they either know how to be a principal, but they don't really have this passion for fashion or they understand fashion. They know nothing about being a principal. To combine the two, you have to know operations in a school, budget. You have to know how to lead a school, how to be an instructional leader. You have to know best practices for the classroom. But then with the CTE, career and technical education aspect, you have to understand fashion, what it is that students need, a curriculum, scope and sequence and things like that. And so being powered by Parsons, I can't be more honored. And it's definitely an honor because Parsons took a chance on us when all we had was a vision. Yeah. Sometimes for a university to lock arms with you, just solely going on vision, that takes a lot. It has been a wonderful partnership thus far. And impact of it for our students has been phenomenal as well. And so that's just a little bit about me, a little bit about how I landed in this role as a fashion educator here within the North Board of Education. Yeah, that's awesome. And I could see how having someone with roots in Newark, with roots in fashion, then leading as the principal there makes you a perfect choice. And I'm excited to dig in a little further there. And then Giselle, more from the new school side and ventures. Can you catch us up on who you are, how you got there? And then maybe we can start to connect the dots between the two programs. Absolutely, Mike. My background really began, I'm a child of immigrants. I came to this country super young. My parents always really pushed for education and a career that would really stabilize us financially. So really no option, but to find something that would bring the income, right? So I've been working since I was 15, worked through college, wound up at American Express at some point and spent a bulk of my career there. And then later on decided I wanted to take a huge risk and start working with startups. And so I did that. And so my career has been not a straight path, right? It's been all over the place, but has led me to eventually what I wanted and looked to do, which is really create impact and have a purposeful career, which is what most people are looking for. But it takes you, it took me out of that very stringent corporate environment into now really working with partners and opportunities to really make a difference. And when this opportunity came up with the new school, it was like a no-brainer, right? Work with the new school to really create these partnerships in extending access to design education and to the university, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And the name of the group at 
New School is N Ventures. You have an interesting website. We'll include that in the show notes if folks want to learn more about what's going on there. But a lot of it is about connecting the more formal curricular learning with real world examples. And in this case, really founding with the city of Newark, a high school focused on fashion and design and thinking very much about the real upside potential of connecting high school students with career paths and connections into the industry, connections into fashion and design. There's a lot about this that excites my imagination. I imagine our listeners feel similarly. And then in terms of how long you've been out, maybe picking up with you, Principal Pitts, how long has this been going on? Where is this school in terms of its evolution? Yeah, Mike, our superintendent had this vision of how we change the narrative as it relates to education and hence the birth of these various career paths. Although North School of Fashion and Design is one of the newest schools to the North Board of Education's fleet of high schools, also the birth of data science, information, and technology. And so it was this vision of creating these various career pathways for students and connecting them to the best, right? So data science, information, technology, their industry partner is Microsoft. Hmm. North School of Fashion and Design, our industry, our academic partner is Parsons School of Design. Because who better than Parsons School of Design, which is a top fashion university globally to support us in this work. There will be a groundbreaking soon for a school. And when those students graduate high school, they will have certificates in HVAC and Mm -hmm. engineering, Mm -hmm. right? And so again, it started from our 10-year strategic plan with the superintendent having a sound vision in mind for the career pathways and the educational pathways of a Newark student. Yep. And so we are two years into being a school. I am the founding principal of the school, the proud founding principal of the school. And so the way that it began is just with freshman students in the space. So there's an enrollment process in Newark. Every single eighth grader in our district gets to choose the high school that they want to attend. And they apply, and then there's a match process. So it doesn't mean that every student gets into the high school that they choose. However, there is a process. So there's an application process. They choose the top eight schools. And similar to what a high school junior or senior would be doing by seeking out various colleges and universities to learn about them, go on tours and things of that nature, That's what happens for an eighth grade student in Newark. So during their eighth grade year, they're learning about every high school in Newark. So much so that I have a team that goes out to almost every elementary school. We do an enrollment presentation. They get to learn about the school, how many credits they get, whether we have sports programming, our fashion programming, rich experiences aligned to fashion that our students have engaged in because this whets their appetite for what they'll get if they're accepted. Then we have application criteria. These students have to apply. So what's good about North School of Fashion and Design is that the vast majority of students who are here, they want to be here. Mm -hmm. They apply to be here. And so this is, like I said, a process that every eighth grade student in North goes through. We have 125 seats each year available to students. In the beginning, it started off a little slow. I think year one, we started with 115 students and ended that year with 92 students. 
Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes attrition, mobility, things like that. Oh, right? so this was this was right in the thick of the pandemic. Right? Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And this year, we're a school of approximately 160 students. So we have about 80 students in our freshman class, 80 students in our sophomore class. Those are the classes of 2025 and 2026. And we will be matching 125 seats for the class of 2027, which will be our incoming freshmen. Yeah. You're just getting started and launched into some challenging times, which we could certainly talk about as well. But then also very much part of the spirit of the school is that students are actually making things. They're getting familiar with building a portfolio and being more of a design professional. Giselle, could you weigh in a little bit on what Parsons is bringing to the conversation? Yeah. So Parsons really, as one of the leading schools in design, is working with Sakina, working with the district, the New York School of Fashion and Design, to really create a curriculum that exposes students to the industry, exposes them to the university, right? So not just skills-based, but also theoretic-based. So what does that look like in practice, but what Mm -hmm. does that look like in theory as well? So really having the students work through that and get that insight and exposure to potential career paths that can happen post-high school. It reminds me a little bit of Raj Chetty's work, where if folks are making connections across the spectrum, like what's their social capital like? Who are they getting to know? That's very much true within the world of fashion. And that's also a place where I would think based on your background, Sakina, in some ways you understand from your lived experience, but then also what these students might be able to leverage, where there's some real advantages in terms of entryways into hip-hop fashion and some of the other elements of New York's culture. But then there's also connections into people who will hire you and will support you long-term on a career path. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I'll say, Mike, is that when I was a student here in Newark, I did have the opportunity to attend and graduate from one of our magnet high schools, which was Science High School. Mm. And so... Having a small school, going to a small school that's very intimate, every student by name, every student knows every adult in the space. They know who their go-to people are. However, every student here at Newark School of Fashion and Design, similar to my experience at Science High School, I had a double block of science every year. And so I received 10 science credits every single year. Our students receive 10 fashion credits every year. So it starts with them in their illustrations class. So in the freshman year, it's fashion, illustration, and history. And so those students are designing a tunic, right? And so they learn the history of the tunic. You can find a tunic in the Middle East. There are various styles of tunic, things of that nature. The first year is really about self-actualization, them understanding what they like, patterns, materiality, like Mm -hmm. really just the beginning and foundational stages of learning about fashion. And then they move that work to the atelier. That's the workshop. And that's where they construct. So in the freshman year, it's fashion sewing basic. And so they're learning pattern making, how to put the sleeve on, different types of pockets, things like that, right? This work is cyclical, right? So you go into the illustrations room, you create a flat, you take it into the atelier, you begin to sew it. Oh, I want to change the pocket. You go back to illustrations, right? And so this happens during the course of the first year. I can definitely see the 
enhancement in the crosswalk of the curriculum as they get to their sophomore year. So in the sophomore year, that fashion history drawing class became fashion design and visual communication. And that fashion sewing class, the basic, became garment construction. And you can see the difference of a sophomore's work from a freshman's work. And so what Parsons allows us to do, too, is that I won't say so much emulate, but, you know, they have open studios where at the end of the year you get to see the designs of their students, how they were able to document the process, things of that nature. So last year at the end of the year, we had open studios and it was gallery walk of sorts where everyone district officials could come and really see the work of the students. They're mm-hmm. able to articulate from designing the first concept to different renderings of their drawings to actually constructing their tunic. And some, we had accelerated learning in the field where we have the availability for any student who wants to stay from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. to attend Fashion Academy. Mm-hmm. And so through that, there is an organization called Family Career Community Leaders of America, FCCLA, where our students are in their freshman year, began to compete and began to compete on a national level. And so it is Parsons curriculum by day, and they're working on what they want to work on for competition in the afternoon. But all of it enhances their skill set and their ability in moving from the freshman year to the sophomore year. Yeah. What might be some challenges with that? A lot of students feel like, I come here to create. I want to design what I want to design. So in the sophomore year, these students are advocates. And they're like, the curriculum says that we're going to be doing uniforms and we have to interview other people, but we want to create for us. And so it's also teaching them that in the world, right, even if you go to university, there are certain 100-level courses you have to take before you get to a 200-level course or a 300-level course, right? right? And understanding that writing curriculum allows us to ensure that we're also meeting state standards for what students are supposed to be learning. And having those conversations, it does become some level of compromise, too, that if you move through this and you get it done in a certain amount of time, we can make provisions for you to create this. It does sound like it's a genuine exchange of information and communication and passion. And then it does remind me of a point I've run into a few times when talking to folks about design education and becoming a design professional is that a critical part of that is learning how to negotiate and accept feedback with clients, work with partners. I imagine that's also something that is part of what you learn out of Parsons, where you're becoming more expert at the iterative feedback and group dynamics that are also a critical part of the design profession. But but Giselle's work, right, is very impactful because, so Mike, we meet bi-weekly with Fidelity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if those stars are getting ready to fall to, from the sky. We have um, bi-weekly meetings. We don't deviate from them. It's to the point, like if we were supposed to meet on a Friday and we couldn't, maybe our schedules weren't aligned, we're definitely meeting that Monday, right? And what that allows us to do is Giselle helps us navigate all the nuts and bolts. So if it is just that the professors at Parsons who design the curriculum need to check in with my teachers, that meeting happens with Giselle and her team shoring those aspects up. If there is an opportunity to 
talk about this work on a national front. Giselle and her team and ventures is making that happen. If there are maybe we're having back to school night or something where we're bringing our parents into the space or we're having a panel or industry speakers, right? Giselle and her team are so not only just from the curriculum standpoint, but any aspects totally aligned to the partnership. And that work is very critical. It's work that is definitely necessary too. I couldn't even see doing this work without that, those additional support pieces. So that reach back from the university, like I said, is just, it's a very integral part of the work that we're doing. What Sakina really, part of what she was saying is that the importance of that partnership piece, right? So the curriculum essentially could be delivered, but how do we ensure then that the students really are taking in that curriculum? And there are so many outside factors that influence what the students are taking in. And so through conversation, through a real partnership, right, that's where we identify where are the challenges here and what adjustments do we make as we go to mm-hmm. ensure the su- success of this, right? To ensure right. that the students are getting from this as much as they can and that it is setting them up for success post high school in whatever capacity that means. Because part of this is understanding that high school to college, the path isn't necessarily linear. It can deviate and it could be high school to industry and then to college. So how do we expose students to those pathways so that they have a full purview of what their options really are? Yeah. And it's interesting also that you're just two years in and you're really moving forward with that first class as you're thinking about how do we scale this and how do we get fully operational? I guess in the next couple of years, you'll have all four years in there at the same time. And I imagine this is still part of the tenure plan and strategic vision and these types of things. On that note, it'd be great to look ahead a little bit and also maybe look outside too. It does sound like there's elements of this model that are probably worth replicating or worth showcasing so that if other folks want to do similar things, maybe uh, you all have some insights into how that might work. Open to whichever of you are ready to talk about it, but I'd love to get some forward thinking around where this might go specifically in Newark, and then also maybe any lessons for folks out there if they want to think about how they might be able to launch a similarly successful partnership. I can speak to how this can be expanded outside of just Newark. Again, every district has a different strategic vision and a different plan. And it may not be a vocational high school that's only focused on fashion, but there are aspects of the curriculum and this programming that can be integrated into the current curriculum course in another high school. Or let's not just think about your eight to three course, but what happens after school too, right? There's possibilities there as well, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's more about exposing those students to these pathways. And that's the lens to view it from because I read a stat somewhere that 75% of high school students aren't clear on what their pathway is afterwards. That comes from not knowing the options that are out there. If we talk about just fashion alone, you may think it's just being a fashion designer, but there's pathways behind that fashion design that, you know, you can be the marketing person or work yeah. on branding. What does that look like? And what's the path to get there? So it's exposing students to these different career pathways after high school. I was struck by that specific thing when looking at the website for the school. 
where right on the top there, there's a list of, looked like it was about 40 or 50 different types of careers in fashion that are available to folks. And the sooner you are exposed to that, the sooner you understand that might be within my worldview, the more likely you're going to pursue it. And then also to have access to the things you need, including the humans and the holistic support. There's a lot to be learned there. And also the younger we can expose students to this, the better, mm -hmm. because start in middle school, right? Then you have an idea of what you're exploring in high school, right? And then that idea, it's fine-tuned by the time you graduate, right? So right. early exposure is super important here as well. Yeah. I was just going to say, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that part of my personal work, my life's work, is closing equity gaps for Black and Brown students, right? Mm. And the fashion industry has been one where entry points has been challenging for people of color just being honest, right? Um, Misa Hilton is a world-renowned, 30 years in the industry, image architect of sorts, right? The Misa Hilton Fashion Academy is another partner of North School of Fashion and Design. Mm -hmm. So when our students are rising ninth graders, their first fashion experience happens through our summer bridge program with the Misa Hilton Fashion Academy. Mm -hmm. They come in, they teach students how to design a fashion concept, how to market the concept. They bring in industry experts as well. So although there is great work in our partnership that happens with Parsons School of Design, we have other partners as well. Another partner is the Dirty Souls Footwear Group. They have a foundation as well, but the Dirty Souls Footwear Group consists of a husband and wife couple that come in and teach our students a course called the Art of Shoemaking and Design. Right? That's Souls, S-O-L-E-S? Yep, Dirty Souls, yep. So it's like getting your souls dirty, getting into, they're very community-oriented. Mm -hmm. How do we give back into the community? How do we pull community members in to do this work? But the course is the Art of Shoemaking. So our students learn everything from A to Z about how to customize, how to deconstruct, how to construct, sneakers, right? But going back to the Misa Hilton Fashion Academy partnership, Misa Hilton is an image architect. Another name for that is a stylist. And her work in the industry many, many years ago with the likes of styling a Little Kim or a Mary J. Blige or a Jodeci for a video shoot where they were not allowed into showrooms. Can you imagine that you have a video shoot coming up and you're not allowed to go into a showroom to get top luxury pieces to curate the treatment for this particular video? We know that the video is everything, right? Mm. So for me, it's that a Nork School of Fashion and Design student because 47% of my student population are Hispanic and the other 47% are African-American and I think like 6% is other, right? They shouldn't experience that. We need to live in a world where, you know, their foundational learning and their knowledge and expertise is enough to get them into room that they might not have been able to otherwise. And that these experiences that we are curating for students lends itself to internships at PBH Court, at J. Crew, at LVMH, right? So next month, I'll be taking a group of students to LVMH headquarters, Louis Vuitton, Hennessy, Moet, right? So to your point, these experiences are very important. And it's very important that we here at North School of Fashion and Design create a direct pipeline to Parsons School of Design. FIT is a public university, but Parsons is private. 
And we need to make sure that we have our students at Parsons School of Design. We know that every student won't get accepted into Parsons School of Design, but every student should be ready. And that means that as we begin to curate these electives for them for their junior and senior year, and that we write curriculum, that they are able to brand themselves, right? So it's not just about creating beautiful garments and learning how to sew, but then how do you, um, how do you market yourself, right? As a brand and that your portfolio is worthy of acceptance, just like any other student in the world that would get accepted, right? Yeah, yeah. So these are the things that are really important. And these are the deep conversations that we're having. Like when we meet, it's like Giselle Parsons in Ventures is like, so Sakina, what does a Nork School of Fashion and Design graduating senior look like? We have to go that far in advance to know what it is that we need to do now to ensure that happens. And right. so that is some of the critical work that is also taking place right now as we speak. Yeah. It does make me wonder a bit too about the future of work, which is something we talk about a lot. And fashion in particular is something that changes. That's the nature of it. It's always reinventing itself. That paired with technology changes and some of the innovations for years, I couldn't get through an episode without talking about the pandemic. Now I can't get through an episode without talking about artificial intelligence. But it is a space where I always like to get guests thinking a little bit about the future and how in some ways, you have to prepare kids for jobs that don't even exist yet. Haven't gone deep on how that relates to the fashion industry, but just based on what we're talking about here, in some ways, it's a mindset and a belief that you'll be able to navigate an uncertain future and then probably some exposure to some of this new and emerging stuff. Any thoughts on how we prepare these rising generations to plug into a rapidly changing world of work? Absolutely. So thank you for bringing it up. I know that we might hit on the topic of chat GBT. And I know that Parsons is already using Roblox. And so we're not using Roblox right now, but every North School of Fashion and Design student has a Hewlett Packard laptop device that opens to a 180 flat with a stylus. They have access to Adobe Suite. They are on Photoshop and Illustrator. So moving in that direction, right? We just, breaking news, this just in, we just received here at North School of Fashion and Design our first set of RB goggles to take students into the metaverse. And guess what? We're also playing around with mid-journey, right? So this is an artificial intelligence platform where if I say, create me overall in black and white for a size 14 plus size model on the runway. Guess what? Midjourney is going to create four different looks. And then from there, right? It's not like to take the creativity because my only like concern with AI, especially as students begin to use it like in an English class to write. Old school education says, do you really understand writing as a process? And that students have to know how to hook the reader or transition from one paragraph to the next. And so AI is now like doing that, right? We should be teaching students how to create, but also to teach them that artificial intelligence is a tool that can support them. Yeah. And guess what? If we're not on the boat, you're on a sinking ship, right? <laughs> and we're definitely there thinking about where the future is taking us. A Nork School of Fashion and Design senior will have definitely 
toyed around in the metaverse. We'll mm. understand aspects of the AI. Yeah. Um, and so listen, let me just give you a concrete example. So I had four students just yesterday who had their digital work unveiled at the Nork Museum. There is, I want to say it's 42 pieces of artwork from students across North. And I looked at what, which media was used for their artwork as I walked around the gallery. We were the only school where the media was digital. Listen to that. It was mixed media. It was acrylic. It was watercolor. Things. The four students that submitted from North School of Fashion and Design, it was digital media. Why? Because we've given them the tools. They get that laptop in their freshman year, and that's the laptop that they had for four years. So no longer in this school do we use Chromebooks, which can't really support. And that's the other thing. So Giselle and I were in conversations last year, like she's on the phone with Apple and can we get tablets? And I'm reaching out to her. We tested devices from Microsoft. They were a little pricey. No disrespect, Microsoft, <laughs> if you're listening. But also Microsoft's device was very delicate too. Mm -hmm. So thinking about a high school student and lockers and things yeah. like that. HP just had a device that was cost efficient, that was durable, that did what we needed it to do, but it didn't happen without the support from Parsons and going into a think tank to really. So yeah. when I talk about every aspect of this partnership, like I can go on and on yeah. about how we ensure that we're moving in the best direction. We're using the best resources. We have the best tools. Everything for our students to be successful. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike, going back to your question about the future of work, when we think about the skills that students are learning, one of those skills that transfers to any industry, right, is creativity and yes. how you think about the process and what your output is and what you're doing, right? And yes, there's tools and yes, we're learning new tools and ChatGPT is there, but how do you use ChatGPT creatively to solve a problem? And so in my opinion, I have two teenagers and that's how that that's the conversation that happens here a lot when they're like, I'm using ChatGPT for my homework. And I'm like, okay, but how are you asking the question mm -hmm. that you're putting into ChatGPT, right? To get the answer that you're looking for. What's the thought process behind that? Right. And the, all of this is a teachable moment, not just for high school students, for wherever you are in your career. It does feel like a bit of a wake-up call that the world keeps changing. You got to stay on top of things. You got to keep an eye out for trends. Fortunately, this is a trend spotting podcast, and we're talking to a school of fashion who's doing innovative work. So hopefully this conversation has been engaging for our listeners. I've certainly learned a lot already. I think we're getting close to conclusion here. So for final thoughts, maybe let's start with you, Giselle, and then we'll wrap up with Principal Pitts. But any final thoughts, things to reinforce for our listeners as they head back to their lives? Yeah, for me and for the Unventures team at the university, really our focus is expanding access to design education, right? And how do we do that? Again, that's not a straightforward path, but partnerships like this really enable us to really expand that access. That's awesome. And for me, it's a couple of things. One is that we want the world to know that students at Nork School of Fashion and Design don't just create. Our motto is Nork School of Fashion and Design, where artists create fashion with a purpose. Hmm. And so they understand that there is this civic aspect, this civic duty, and to understand what's going on in the world socially, mm -hmm. right? And to learn how to advocate for themselves through the lens of fashion and design. And if I had to leave you with three words, it would be exposure, amplify, impact. 
right? Exposure to rich experiences aligned to the fashion industry, exposure to rich curriculum, which is supported through the work that we do at Parsons School of Design, Amplify. How do we amplify? We are on national platforms like the South by Southwest EDU. We're at ASU. We're on the cutting edge of technology. And the research never stops, right? And this is how we plan for the future and to ensure that our students are very well prepared with the foundation that we're giving them here in this four-year incubator that we call high school. And then the last one is impact. What is the impact of that? That students go out and they're ready for the world, that they are in a position to then come back and give back. So I came through Nork school system. I'm a proud product of public education. It works. And I'm here giving back, right? And so that is what we want for our students, to go out into the world, to learn some things, and then to bring it back. So those are my final thoughts. Amazing stuff from Principal Sakina Pitts and Giselle Morell from N Ventures at the New School. Thank you so much to both of you for joining me on today's show. Thank you, Mike. And for our listeners, hopefully you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, write us a review, spread the good word, do all the good things. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education. <laughs>